Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Fluently Forward. Hope you're doing well. I'm excited for today's episode. I've been wanting to do this one for a while, and I feel like now is the time to talk about Brie Larson because this is a celebrity. You know me. I like to get a little bit niche. I like to get a little bit creepy, and you might not think that there's much to Brie Larson, but oh boy, I'm going to convince you otherwise in this episode. And she's huge in the zeitgeist right now. So she's obviously, she plays Captain Marvel. She's in a new Marvel movie that's out. Um, Before that, I had really only seen her in 21 Jump Street and Scott Pilgrim versus the world. So I didn't really know much about her. The whole idea of who Brie Larson is and her reputation changed massively when she got into Marvel's. So we, of course, are going to be talking about that. But she's also huge in the news right now. She's very topical because she is in a new Apple TV show called Lessons in Chemistry. It's based off of a book. My mom is currently reading it. People are saying that it's good. Have I seen it yet? Nope. Have I watched it? Have I read it? No, but I've been hearing good things. And you know what? This is just an episode all about gossip. So if you want to talk about the TV show, maybe we can do that after I watch it. Now, I personally... I hate to say this, you know, like I'm never beating the women hating allegations. Woman hating? Women. Well, do I hate one or do I hate all of them? I I hate none of them, but sometimes, you know, this is just what happens when you sometimes say critical things about female celebrities. But I kind of fell into that a little bit. Here's the thing. I had been hearing from everybody. They were like... Brie Larson, she's in the new Marvel movie, and she's awful. And this is back when I was spending a lot of time on Reddit and Twitter, and people would be like, we hate Brie Larson. She's so rude. She's so mean. She's so unpalatable, basically. And I remember when I first started hearing this, I said to myself, it's a classic case of misogyny. These people just don't like a lady. They don't like to see, you know, a female superhero, and that's why these people are mad about her. And um, it's unfair. And it makes no sense. And then I watched a couple of interviews that she was in. And I was like, ooh, ooh, call me a misogynist. Because like, I, she's not coming across very well in these interviews. So for a couple of years, all I really had to go off of, because you know you can't judge someone based off of the character that they play. I had just seen a few unsavory moments of hers in you know, like the, the Wired interview, different interviews she had done with her castmates on the Marvel's press tour. And I hate to say it, but I was like, yeah, she's just, uh, she's kind of cringe. But if you follow me on Instagram, you'll know that over Thanksgiving, I did a post on there talking about all of the celebrity turkeys I am pardoning. And Brie Larson was on that list because having done more research into her, which we're going to talk about in today's episode, I realized she is not cringe. It was a cringe outlier, that Marvel's press tour, but I don't think it is who she is. And the more and more I'm looking up this lady... I'm like a big fan of Brie Larson. I just think that she's so cool. I think she's hashtag one of us. I think that she would be a floozy. I think she's self-aware. She's reasonable. She's online, but not too online. And she made a fan out of me. We are also going to dive into some very fun rumors that have been around on the internet since forever about her having a massive crush on Taylor Swift. Have they ever hooked up? Has something happened with her and Carly Kloss? I know I sound like an insane schizophrenic at this point, just like when in doubt, I can always be like, and somebody hooked up with Taylor Swift. But there's actually some stuff to it. So we're going to dive into that in the second half of this episode. Something else about Brie Larson, she's just got such an interesting face. Do you know what I mean? Like she almost looks like a doll. Like it's almost like a doll face. I don't really know how else to describe it. So that's what we are going to get into. And other news over on Patreon, we are still rocking. You know, I had to go over there to do a breakdown of the fight between Dumois and Shree Payne. If anybody was curious, that's over there. Christy and I are covering trending topics on there every other week. Um, I did a little video about goal planning for this year and how I use Notion or you can use apps of your own to set goals just because I feel like this is the time of year, right? We all feel a little, ah, just like a little bit in limbo at the end of the year. You know, it's like things at work are kind of closing down, but they're closing down in a stressful way and the new year is coming, but it's not here yet. And you're not yet in the thick of the joy of the holiday season. But right now it's the part where it's like stressful and everybody wants you to buy stuff and you feel like you don't have any money left. Anyway, so if you're just kind of looking for a little bit of a mental reset, sometimes I drop extra stuff there in Patreon. And I just like, you know, sharing how I plan my goals. Other people share how they plan theirs. It's fun to do. We did a Men in Black conspiracy episode. Tons of great stuff. So if you're looking for a way to spend $5 this month, come on over to patreon.com slash fluently forward. 
Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Mood, Mood THC, baby, and their THCA flower. I will tell you what that is as well. I love to get high, okay? I'm just put. I don't know how else to say it. I love to get high. It's relaxing. It makes me feel fantastic, and mood is the way that I do it. So anytime you see me in a TikTok video eating buttered noodles for 10 minutes, or maybe I'm saying the stupidest thing ever with a huge grin on my face, that is thanks to mood, and you can get that same feeling too. The mood is known for their federally legal THC, but they also have something that I have been trying and enjoying, uh, which is called THCA flower, and it's the future of legal THC. And so I suggest you give that a try. They've also got um, vape cartridges, gummies, all of that, and you can go check it out. So you can try Mood's new THCA flower today, and for 20% off of your first order and a free gram of THCA flower, go to hellomood.com and use promo code FLUENTLY. That's hellomood.com, promo code FLUENTLY for 20% off your order and a free gram of THCA flower. And now let's get on into the episode. So Brie Larson, her real name is actually, I always find it interesting, right, when celebrities have names that they kind of massage a little bit. So Brie Larson's real name is Brienne de Saliniers. She's French. So I know that I said that wrong. I'm sure it's much more beautiful. But yeah, she goes by Brie Larson. She's an American actress and she started young when she was acting. So at age six, she was actually the youngest student to be admitted into a training program at the American Conservatory Theater. So she started acting in 1998 um, with a comedy sketch on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, which is like, I've done a lot of these episodes on celebrities. That's one of the youngest ages I've ever heard of somebody starting acting. She then was a regular in a 2001 sitcom, Raising Dad. She briefly dabbled with a music career. We're going to get into this a little bit later when we talk about her alleged crush on Taylor Swift, but she's definitely a singer. If anyone uh, saw her in Scott Pilgrim versus the World, where she plays the villain, she does a cover of the metric song, Black Sheep. Oh, no. Hello again, friend of a friend I knew. The cover is so good. It actually has more streams on Spotify, like double the amount of streams than the original singers of that song, which if I was them, I would probably be like a little bit butthurt, but it did turn me on to Mectric. Um, and I like listening to them. And her voice is like phenomenal in that song. It's so good. So yeah, she was in, like I said, Scott Pilgrim versus the world. She was in 21 Jump Street. I thought she was so, how good was 21 Jump Street? And they're the only movie to have a sequel that's just as good with 22 Jump Street. Like, oh my God, it was so good. And you know, one of the loves of my life, Dave Franco is in that movie. He did so good. Dave Franco plays a douchebag so well. One of these days, we're going to start going back soon um, on Fluently Four to mini episodes sometimes, because sometimes there's like a topic I want to dive into. But if I stretched it out to 60 minutes, it just like wouldn't be fun. So it's like 30 minute worthy. One of the episodes I want to do is about like, whatever, give me a one star. I'm going to be creepy and invasive for a second. Sorry. Dave Franco and Allison Brie, they're like freaks, dude. Like sexually in bed. Like I've been watching some interviews of them. The first time that they met, they were out partying in New Orleans and they split a tap of Molly and just like fucked all night basically. Like they admit this. It was like the first night that they met. They've been married for a while I'm pretty sure they're, she's bisexual. I'm pretty sure he is too, which I love. And I just get the vibe, or maybe I've read it before, or maybe somebody's DM'd it to me. I feel like they have threesomes a lot. And I'm not saying that as like a, you know, isn't that like a, what is that? Like a bisexual trope? Like, oh, you must have a ton of three. Well, <laughs> sometimes it's true. <laughs> anyway, but I could have sworn I read that somewhere. And they both don't want kids, but they have cats and like, I think she, there's always stories about her like streaking and running around naked. Like you wouldn't think that Alison Brie would be so like, or even they were, on, they were on the James Corden show and they were doing something where like you have to answer a question right or you get shocked. And every time they got shot, like Alison kept talking about how it was like sexual and kind of doing it for her. Like, I just think that Dave Franco and Alison Brie, they get into it. Anyway, that's to say that, yeah, Brie Larson was in 21 Jump Street. She was also in the United States of Tara. And then 
she really showed the acting chops, right? Because a lot of this stuff is like fun, palatable comedy. She played a kidnapping victim in the drama room in 2015, and she won the Academy Award for Best Actress for that. And then she was also in Kong Skull Island with um, Tom Hiddleston. I think nobody really liked that. And then she was Captain Marvel, and nobody really liked that. We're going to get into that. Uh, and now she is in Lessons in Chemistry. So she was born in Sacramento, California. Her parents were homeopathic chiropractors who both ran a practice together. How fun is that? I bet your back is like always cracked if those are your parents. Like I said, she's French. French was actually her first language growing up. When she grew up, when she was like a kid, she basically said that she was very straight, laced, and square. Uh, she had a really close bond with her mother. She was shy, though, and she had social anxiety. She definitely had that creative gift. She said in the summers, she would write and direct her own home movies. She would cast her cousins, film it in her garage, and at age six, that was when she said she wanted to become an actress, saying that the creative arts was just something that was always in me. I will say, like, I live for, I know literally every episode I, like, bitch about TikTok and like how I miss the 90s and the early 2000s and how we're all online too much which is like so rich of me to say <laughs> like don't ask me my screen time like how whatever okay it's a little bit hypocritical but anyway I am nostalgic for that age when like remember when you were a kid growing up and it would be Thanksgiving or Christmas and you and your cousins would like put together a play in the basement and then after dinner, you would like force all the aunts and uncles to like watch you do that. Like right now I have nieces and nephews. No, I just have nieces. And I'm so excited for them to get to the age where, yeah, like you make your own home movies in the garage and stuff like that. It's just so fun. So anyway, um, then she got into acting right at age six. At age seven, her parents ended up getting divorced. And she said before that she has a very dysfunctional relationship with her father uh, she said at the time of the divorce, as a kid, I tried to understand him and understand the situation, but he didn't do himself any favors. I don't think he really ever wanted to be a parent. So after the parent, her parents got divorced, um, her mom moved to L.A. with Brie and her sister so that way they could fulfill Brie Larson's dream of acting. So they all lived together in a small apartment near the Hollywood studio lots. Brie Larson has said before, uh, we had a crappy one-room apartment where the bed came out of the wall and we each had three articles of clothing. And then, because she wanted to get into the acting world, she ended up changing, you know, that name massage that she did. And what was really interesting is she adopted the stage name Larson from her Swedish great-grandmother, as well as the American girl doll, Kirsten Larson. You know, she's that blonde one with the braids, which if you listened to my episode about a year ago that I did with Harry Hill, where we... <laughs> It's so funny. But we compared American Girl dolls to celebrities and we recast them for like a live action if that were ever to exist. And if you watched it over on YouTube, I dressed up as Kirsten. And it is funny because I said earlier, right, Brie Larson kind of has a doll-like face. I don't know how else to describe it. So anyway, we're now at the point she's grown up. She's in L.A. She starts working. This I thought was kind of like an interesting nod. She had auditioned to get cast as Wendy. Wendy Darling for the 2003 film Peter Pan. She ended up not getting it. But isn't that funny? Because in 21 Jump Street, her and Jonah Hill are in the school play and Jonah Hill is Peter Pan and she's Wendy Darling. Like, I wonder if that meant something to her. Anyway, um, she also got a little bit into music at this point. She wrote and recorded a song called Invisible Girl, which got some radio airplay. She also DJed as a little bit to support herself. She worked as a club DJ, which is just so funny because I can see Brie Larson at the grocery store. I can see her at the farmer's market, but I can't really see her at the club. Like she just doesn't have club face. Do you know that? Like Paris Hilton, Megan Fox, Lindsay Lohan, Brie Larson. What are you doing here? You know, it just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and then she got a little bit discouraged because she didn't get roles, but she auditioned for the movie 13 and Juno. Could she have been Juno? I think she could have. Could she have been in 13? I don't think so, because that you need to have like club DJ face. Not really, but like, you know, that's kind of what the movie was about. 
So, right, she was then in 21 Jump Street. She played Molly. Fucking love that movie. Um, What was interesting is that she is on record saying that her acting style was a lot more rigid than Jonah Hill's. And there would be a bunch of scenes where she had to improvise with him and she found that really hard to do. If you are over on Patreon, we did an episode talking about blind items and rumors about the cast of Superbad. And the main takeaway that I did from that episode was that Jonah Hill, you know, this was right after Sarah Brady and the stuff with his ex-girlfriend came out, but he was also like, he's always been a dick and like a super dick, (laughs) super bad, super dick before he even got famous where basically like he was actually such an asshole to McLovin who Oh my God, once again, I'm going to talk about Dave Franco because Dave Franco does Chris Mintz Pelosi. That's his name. Dave Franco did a bit and like went on tour with McLovin back in the day through Funny or Die. They used to do all these comedy sketches together. Anyway, but Jonah Hill was such an asshole to Chris Mintz Pelosi and he was like super young. He was like this high school kid and Jonah Hill was obviously, I think you can see videos backstage where like they're all script reading and everybody's laughing at McLovin's lines and you can see that Jonah Hill's getting like really irritated by it because he's not getting the big laughs so allegedly all of those scenes like he's really a big improviser and all of those scenes in Superbad where he's bullying the shit out of McLovin that was like him coming up with all of those insults and you know Chris said like you know we're cool now but like Yeah, it really shocked me. And I think when he said, oh, we're cool now, he was just trying to be political, you know, like he was trying to smooth things over. Jonah Hill just seems like an asshole. Anyway, back to Brie Larson. Like I said, she was in that movie Room. I haven't seen it yet because um, things I've already been sad. I don't want to make myself sadder because I'll tell you what the movie is about. It features her as a young woman held in captivity who bears a child of rape. And there's like even darker stuff that happens. So anyway, she got the Academy Award for Best Actress for that. I'd really love to do a mini episode one day. Do you ever win an Oscar for a role where you're happy? Like, I know that it's such a cliche, right? Where like the best poetry is sad poetry and the most moving songs are the most heart-wrenching songs. And like the tearjerker movies are the ones that get nominated for Academy Awards. Why? Things are hard enough. What about the movie that made you laugh the hardest? That one gets the award. Like, let's incentivize people to make each other happy. I just, I don't know. I'm sure that there are people who have won Oscars for happy movies. It just feels like it's always the saddest, saddest story. Um, Anyway, I haven't watched it, and I don't, I'm not in a space to be watching it yet. But allegedly she was phenomenal in it. So a big portion of the film was shot inside of this 10 foot by 10 foot shed that was created in a studio. And to prep herself for this role, she spent a month isolated in her apartment, which I'm not prepping for a role. And I do that all the time. It's funny because at first I was like, wow, she really committed herself to it. And then I look at like my step count and I'm like, oh, it's actually not that hard to spend a month isolated in your apartment. Um, Anyway, and she did all of this research. She interacted with specialists on sexual abuse. She researched the lack of nutrition that someone in captivity would suffer from. And in order to get the look for the movie of this person in captivity, she stayed away from sunlight. She modified her diet and she exercised like in all of these different ways just so that way she could lose weight. People said that her performance was astonishing. If you've seen it, let me know. I'll probably watch some clips of it on YouTube, but the whole thing, I can't. Then, after that, she took a year-long absence from the screen, which, good for you. More people should be doing that. What's up with Timothy Chalamet and Margot Robbie? Why are they in so many things, you know? (laughs) Like, I just think, after I got an Oscar, I, too, would be like, I'm going to take... Well, I take that back, actually, because as a woman working, you're probably like, oh, I take a year-long absence from the screen. I only have three years left in Hollywood anyway, you know? Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Lumi, Lumi deodorant. You might think that just because it's cold outside, you are going to be sweating less. Take it from me. I sometimes sweat more, you know? You're out in 20-degree weather, then you go inside where it's 75, your body's confused, your armpits start sweating, and maybe you want to smell fantastic when that happens. 
So check out Lumi. Lumi has got the starter pack. It's perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, a cream tube deodorant, and two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash and deodorant wipes and free shipping. I will personally say the cream tube deodorant, that one's my favorite because you get out of the shower and as you're moisturizing your body, you just reach for the cream tube deodorant, put it anywhere you want, your armpit, your feet, your butt crack, in between your boobs, under your boobs, anywhere that you might sweat. So as a special offer for new listeners, new customers are going to get $5 off Lumi Starter Pack with our exclusive code and link. And for a limited time, returning customers get $5 off their next purchase of $30 or more too. So use the code fluently at lumideodorant.com. That's L-U-N-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T.com. Don't let holiday stress get to your pits. Lumi keeps you calm, cool, and collected. So anyway, after she took that absence, she came back and she stars as Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Carol Danvers. I haven't seen much of Captain Marvel. Like, I only saw her in um, the Infinity Stones thing where she comes in and she's like a big boss with her big balls. Anyway, so she's in Captain Marvel. She was a little bit skeptical. Maybe this was her gut telling her about the shitstorm that was going to ensue. But she was a little bit skeptical about taking on a really high-profile role. But she said that later she accepted the part because she thought it would be part of a platform to empower young women and find a connection with the character's flaws and humanities. I got to say I'm raising my eyebrow at that a little bit. Ooh, ooh, Marvel came to you with the gig of a lifetime and a huge Marvel fat check. And you're like... I don't know if I want it, but if it's going to empower young women, I guess I will. Come on. How much were you paid for it? Anyway, in order to prepare for this role, too, she did nine months of judo, boxing, and wrestling training, and she interacted with, like, all of these people at an Air Force base. That's where she did her training. I'm also a little bit curious about that because um, just from the few moments I saw of her in that one Marvel movie – was it Avengers? Don't come to me for, I, I'm still getting up the learning car, curve when it comes to Marvel. Um, she's not like a, she's not a black widow. <laughs> Who the fuck else is in there? Do you know what I mean? Like I, what, from what I understood from her character, she was intensely powerful and she like flew around. I don't know. Maybe I have to rewatch it. And she was like doing wrestling that I missed. But now we're going to get into the shit show that was basically her being in Marvel. So this was around 2019. She started getting hate from people. Some people say different reasons. I'll kind of like list out everything. One is that uh, she was in, interviewed in 2019 and she was talking about diversity among film critics and journalists. And she just said that she found them overwhelmingly white male and she supported diversity in the industry. What's the issue with that? You know what I mean? What's the issue with that? Anyway, so then that led to a bunch of people review bombing the movie Captain Marvel on Rotten Tomatoes. There were also other things, too. I'm going to be getting into this. But basically, there were a lot of videos being made about people saying that she <laughs> ruined. You ruined it. <laughs> it sounds like a kid. Like, you ruined my birthday party. Anyway, that she ruined the popular character of Captain Marvel. And I will say, when I see Captain Marvel in the film, I don't like Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, you know, in the few scenes that I've seen, comes on and there she's like, oh, I'm going to save everything because I'm powerful. I could do that. I could snap my fingers. It's no problem. Like, there's not a lot of, you know, you, you kind of grow up with the other comic book characters. You see their flaws. You see that they're not able to do something, but then they work and they get stronger and smarter and then they can achieve it and it means so much more. And she just kind of seemed like this apex predator ex machina figure at least when I was watching the Marvel movie who came on and could just solve everything fix everything and you know it's a little bit harder to relate to someone like that also I just don't vibe with the characters of like I'm a big boss I have it all under control you know I've made videos before talking about how I don't like Benedict Cumberbatch's character I don't like Jesse Eisenberg's character I just don't like the character who's like I have it all figured out and I don't need to learn anything from anyone because I got it now that being said should we blame Brie Larson for that? No, like she's literally on set reading a script that someone else wrote and being told to act in a way to convey this character. So like, it's not her. It's like, you know, it's the other, it's the people at Marvel Studios. So yeah, a lot of people said that the writing was cringeworthy, uninspired. Her character was smug and two-dimensional. She wasn't convincing in this role. And I think all of that is true, but like, that was the job that she was meant to do, and she was just acting as it. So I think when it comes to that idea, like if you don't like Captain Marvel, take it up with Marvel Studios. Do not take it up with Brie Larson. However, 
Brie Larson then went on a press tour, you know, with her Marvel co-stars to talk about the movie. And I hate to say it. I'm so sorry. She came across as very unlikable. There were a couple different moments. Okay. So one was she did the Wired interview where it's like a Google autocomplete where, you know, they hold up that big board and it'll say, um, what does Shannon McNamara eat? What does Shannon McNamara watch on TV? What does, you know, and you answer the Google search questions about yourself. Her, you know, I don't know what you would call it. Basically, when she was in that video, she came across as so defensive and like bitter and angry and taking everything in bad faith. So for example, there was one question like, does Brie Larson work out? And she, her answer to it, she goes, like, hypothetically, would I at some point? Is that like a personal attack or something? Um, yeah, I work out a lot, actually. Does Brie Larson sing? Duh. Why'd you have to Google that? Doesn't everybody sing? Would Brie Larson work out? Like, hypothetically, would I at some point? Is that like a personal attack or something? Or is that a request? Do you think I should? Uh, yeah, I work out a lot. Thanks for asking. And it's just the type of thing where like you see every other celebrity do this and it would say, I don't know, some other celebrity might read, does Brie Larson work out? And it's like, yeah, baby, I'm working out right now. Or like, oh, yeah, like I get my cardio in or, um, oh, yeah, I work out, but I hate it. You know, I'm so happy that now I can just like eat pasta now that the movie's over. Like most celebrities take it in good fun. Every single question, she like was very, very defensive. It just came across as unlikable. Then, you know, there was a moment where she was at a fan expo and somebody asked her the question, how long will she keep playing Captain Marvel? And once again, she took it in bad faith where she said, I don't know. Does anyone want me to do it again? How long will you play Captain Marvel for? I don't know. I don't know. Does anyone want me to do it again? <laughs> don't be so modest. <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I don't have the answer to that. Um, and she smiled, but like the delivery was not smiley. Then there was also another moment where she was with John, Don Cheadle and Chris Hemsworth. They were talking about all of the stunts that they do. And Brie Larson was talking about how she did her own stunts. And Chris Hemsworth, who's like such a lovely guy, he was like, oh, yeah, we got like the next Tom Cruise here. And once again, she takes it as an insult and she goes, um, no, not the next Tom Cruise. I'm going to be the next me. I did. I did my stunts because I thought that that's what everyone did. Uh, and then... Tom, Tom Cruise over here. No, I'll be the first me, not the next Tom Cruise. Thank oh. you very much. So it was just a few things where it's like she wasn't like having fun. And I'm not saying too that like women like need to be playful and like charming all the time. It's just that idea of taking things in bad faith um, and just coming across as very defensive, which is point blank unlikable. Now stay with me here. I also understand why, because as you could probably tell throughout this episode, like if you are a public figure and people start to, especially if you're doing something that has fans, right? Like this isn't, Brie Larson had been famous before this point, but I don't think she experienced such vitriol and backlash from people until she did Marvel because Marvel has fans and fans come to expect something and ask something of you and they want their opinion and they want it to be catered towards them. So when Brie Larson is in 21 Jump Street or, you know, the movie where she's like a captive victim, nobody's upset with her performance in it because they haven't been reading comic books for years and expecting it to be one way and then it turned out another. You know what I mean? But because Marvels have fans, they want something, they don't get it, so now they're extra mad because, you know, they've been looking forward to this. So she had to deal with so much, like, noise, feedback, and I'll be honest, like, I kind of relate to that, right? Like, having done this podcast for a couple of years, having fans of the podcast... I'm sure they're, they're very different for Marvel fans, especially in the fact that the gender demographics are probably completely swapped. But you start to hear so much noise and so much feedback. And I like how you did this, but not that. And I love you, but, or Brie Larson is normally great, but blah, blah, blah. And all of that noise from fans, it makes you really depressed and miserable and stressed out. And those emotions lead to you operating from a baseline state of defensiveness and anger and taking things in bad faith. So I feel like Brie Larson on the press tour probably came across as unlikable and taking things in bad faith because after hearing so much nasty ass feedback from all these Marvel fans, 
you come to kind of try to anticipate what like the worst thing someone could say is. Does that make sense? Anyway, so I like read her Wired interview and I, when I saw it a couple years ago, I'm like, oh my God, she's so unlikable. And now I watch it in my current position and I'm like, oh God, like I do the same shit. Like I understand why she's doing it and it is unlikable and I can feel myself being unlikable too. But that's just the baseline you're operating at when you have so much noise from people. So was she defensive and not super charming on the press tour? Yes. But was it reasonable and I understand it? Also, yes. And I think they just did a bad job with the character, really. Like, I have always said this. I forget. I think I might have said it in the Game of Thrones episode we did. But I really miss... I don't even know if I could say I miss it because I don't think it exists. I yearn and I long for the idea of a truly feminine female superhero. I want... Because I just feel like, okay, we have superheroes. They can fly. They can kick the shit out of people. And I feel like usually you have superheroes and then they just get more and more and more strong. And Captain Marvel was the most powerful, the most strong. And it's like, you think Thor is strong. Well, just kidding, Iron Man is even stronger. And just kidding, Captain Marvel is even stronger. And we keep trying to oust people with their strength, which I do feel like is such a very male characteristic, thinking that the only form of power is brute strength, when really there's so many different types of power. There's quiet power, there's soft power, there's manipulation power, there's charm, there's the power of persuasion, there's the power of healing, the power of collaboration. And I feel like so many of these Marvel and superhero movies don't explore all those different types of power. Instead, they just go, oh, we need a we need to check off the feminist box this year. Let's bring in a female superhero and she'll just be stronger than everyone else. And to me, I would really like to dive into some of those feminine traits where like, I want, okay, the fact that we are, women are so like nurturing, I would love a superhero that like Poison Ivy, right, with her plants, or a superhero that can bring people back from the dead or heal them with her hands because we're so healing, you know, like the pregnancy gestation. Maybe <laughs> with pregnancy, it could be a superhero who like they sit on an idea and then they grow it into something even bigger. Like, I don't know what I'm really coming up with here, but I just feel like there's a lot of opportunity to show power in ways that isn't just like I smash Hulk literally Hulk smash you know so I I feel like that would be fun okay back to Brie Larson she said she doesn't really talk that much about her personal life she doesn't like to answer questions that make her uncomfortable she actually refuses to answer them she says that she fears being judged for her flaws and she's very very into her privacy so let's talk a little bit about her dating she dated Alex Greenwald he's the lead singer of the band Phantom Planet she started dating him in 2013, and they were actually engaged from 2016 to 2019, but they didn't get married. Um, then, in 2019, she was in a relationship with actor-filmmaker Elijah Allen Blitz, but as of 2023, she has stated that she is single, so she is on the market, ready for me and or Taylor Swift to move in. Now, I want to shout out some interesting quotes from interviews of hers that I just... Uh, they intrigued me. So she's 33 now. And she said in an interview that she doesn't really get recognized in public. She said, if I'm checking out at the grocery store, I don't get recognized. I get, are you friends with my cousin? I am the classic face of friend of your cousin. And I was, I saw this TikTok that was basically saying that a lot of celebrities are able to get away with being in public. And they were showing a picture of Taylor Swift's bare face. This was uh, when she was getting her makeup done to transform into a man for the man music video. And they were basically saying when Taylor Swift doesn't have her eyebrows like drawn on and she doesn't have the winged eyeliner and the red lip, she could kind of get away. There was even that quote from um, the song The Lakes. No, not The Lakes. Invisible String, where it's like, we were getting lunch down by the lakes. Our waitress said that I look like an American singer. You ate at my favorite spot for dinner. Bold was the waitress on our three-year trip, getting lunch down by the lakes. She said I looked like an American singer. So I wonder if she can go out in public you know, without the whole face on. Basically, when I see celebrities purely bare-faced, they really don't look like 
quote unquote themselves. I mean, that is themselves, but we're so used to seeing them all done up. So I really wonder what Brie Larson looks like because she does kind of look, you know, she doesn't have like an Angelina Jolie type of situation going on. But yeah, she seems pretty down to earth. She likes being anonymous. Um, She said, I want to be in reality. I love reality. It's all I want. My biggest fear is to not be in reality. It matters so much to me. I don't wear super flashy clothes when I'm out in the world because I want to stay in reality. I'm very good at confrontation in my relationships because I want to be in reality. I want to be in as what's close to true as possible. And during the pandemic, she took a step back. She went back into the garage. (laughs) back when she the place that she first made films and she started her youtube channel brie is online and it's now got about like 700,000 subscribers and it's an attempt to be free to be nothing so she'll make videos um talking about working out or baking or video games composting air frying crafts like all these different crafts that she likes and i find that so fun because there's so many celebrities who get onto youtube i'm like thinking of carly kloss and you can just tell They're not holding the camera themselves. Like they're not, I hate when someone is like, oh, I'm vlogging, come spend the day with me. And then someone else is filming what they do. I'm like, the fact that you're not even in the uncomfortable selfie mode in public where you have to hold up the camera, like you're not a true vlogger and people are YouTubers, but they never even stepped foot into Final Cut Pro to edit a video. I just feel like you don't deserve it. You know, I don't know. I just... That's what I feel like. So Brie Larson doing this is something I appreciate because I feel like nowadays everything is so, um, especially for celebrities, only do it if it makes you money. Only do it if it's going to promote your latest project. And this is her being like, I'm baking. It's a video game. I'm composting, blah, blah, blah. And she said here, uh, rather than capitalize on her fame or extend her brand, she used it. She used it to test whether she could be in the world without triggering a tempest. Poor girl was probably like traumatized by Marvel. She said, "I wanted to prove that I could put stuff out, and it wasn't going to be like, oh my god, I can't believe she said that, or I can't believe she did that." She said she was grappling with big questions rooted in deep feelings like, am I allowed to exist? Am I allowed to just be lovable as I am? Am I worthy of just being here? I swear to God, the more I learn about her, the more I am like, yes, Brie Larson. And she said, too, that after she got the idea of Captain Marvel, she was kind of worried about what was going to happen, right? Because being in these Marvel movies really catapults people into a whole new stratosphere of fame, success, money, power, all of that. And then she said this quote, anytime I feel like I'm being put too much on a pedestal, it's my job to figure out how to remove that within myself. I love that quote. I think that's such a responsible quote from a celebrity. Like, First of all, being aware of when you're being put on a pedestal and then also the self-ownership and the self-accountability to be like, it's my job to figure out how to remove that within myself. There's so much personal responsibility within that statement. It just, it makes me think really, really highly of her. So she also said too, that after she did that role where she was like a kidnapping, kidnapping victim, I think her father kidnapped her, but anyway, the depressing role that she got an Oscar for, she was getting tons and tons of offers to play characters like that in other movies, but she kind of turned them down and she felt like she needed to recalibrate. So around this time, she was turning 30 and she said, I had all the same normal fears as everybody else about being single and being 30. Aside from everything that was happening in the public eye, she felt like she was going to be called to make big life choices. What do I want? How does a family and a future fit in with my weird life? That's such a big place to be in. Certain existential questions come up. And let me tell you, having recently turned 30, yeah. Like there's something about turning 30 that just makes you go, like, what is my life? What do I want it to be? What can it be? What will it be? Like you just think about all of it. Um, In the end, this is what she settled on. She said, what I always come back to is I have to live with myself in a way that nobody else has to. The choices I make, I have to live with, whether I regret them or not artistically I always understood that but for some reason as me it's been totally different you can follow me around on set and be like wow she really knows what she's doing and then I go home and I'm like I don't know what I'm doing I get insecure I think I'm not enough or I have a hard time asking for help or speaking up for myself in relationships but for now she has said that she's open to whatever quote I don't have a next job I don't have a home I don't have a partner I don't have a plan I'm just completely open And then she said that she would like to have kids, but how that happens, when that happens, in what capacity, I don't know. And I just resonate with that so much, especially the part where she says here, I have to live with myself in a way that nobody else has to. 
And the thing about life, especially when you're coming up to 30 or you get past 30, but you know, it kind of happens in all stages. It happens when you're graduating high school. It happens when you're graduating college. You get so, in like these big moments in your life, you get so much unsolicited feedback from everybody. Have you thought about this? You might want to do that. You planned on this, but have you considered this? And I always thought that you would be doing blah, blah, blah. And the thing is, yeah, some like aunt or uncle can like piss you off and like tell you what you should do with your life at Thanksgiving for an hour. That's they you're not they're not living in your life it's just so bizarre to me that people will give unsolicited advice and it's like you're not living my life like if I get a job or I dump someone or I move to a new city because you told me to who has to live with that decision like it's you so I just think about that a lot especially now as I'm starting to think you know do I want to have children do I not want to have children when I think about that question it's such like an instinct for me to try to soothe my anxiety about the future by like asking other people like, well, what do you think I should do? What do you like? Like, how did you like this? None of that matters. Like if I have kids, if I don't have kids, that's my life I'm living with. So like it needs to be such a personal decision. So once again, like I just like everything that she's saying. Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Pear, Pear Eyewear. It is the season for new looks. Some of you guys might be having New Year's resolutions about changing up your style, and there is no merrier way to do it than with Pear's new holiday collection. So if you want to switch up your eyeglass look in a second, you can do it with the top frames for every event and every occasion. Pear also has very spiffy sunglasses if you're looking for a new pair, because honestly, I feel like the sun is brighter in the winter. Maybe because it's lower. Don't ask me. I'm not a scientist. I just know it's bugging me more than often when I drive. So I've been wearing sunglasses a lot. Or maybe you're looking for stocking stuffers or some sort of gifts. Or maybe you just want to give some top frames to yourself. So if you want to make every look merry with Pear Eyewear, you can go to PearEyewear.com slash fluently and you will get 15% off of your first pair. That's Pear, P-A-I-R, eyewear.com slash fluently and you can also get free standard shipping on all orders and there is a flexible 30-day return policy okay before we do the blinds I want to get into the rumors about her and Taylor Swift because they just like they make me so happy let's dive in there's kind of like been a running gag online for a while about how Brie Larson is like thirsting after Taylor Swift and Taylor Swift just will not give her the time of day, which is so rare because normally when celebrities reach out to Taylor Swift publicly too, you know, whether it's Travis professing his, uh, I want to meet you for her on a podcast or which we're going to be talking about Carly Kloss tweeting at her back in the day. She usually ends up like really liking that and hanging out with the person with Brie Larson. It is a different case. So before we get into the timeline here, um, here are some of the main things. Back when Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss were friends, or were they more? Check out the second episode of Fluently Forward and also probably every other episode that I do on here because I just love talking about Taylor Swift and Carly Kloss. Did they date? Yes, they did. Whatever, you can listen to it in other episodes. But 11 years ago, Taylor Swift was on the Vogue magazine cover. This is when she got her like long straight hair with the bangs. It was before the red era. Like, and this was a big deal back in the day because this is when she got rid of her signature curls. And Carly Kloss tweeted at her, hey, at Taylor Swift 13, love the Vogue magazine cover, your kitchen or mine. Smiley face. It's like a little bit flirty. It's a little bit fun. We also know that when Taylor and Carly were friends, they were always baking cookies, also scissoring and also baking cookies. And that's something that you do in the kitchen. So they kind of had like the motif of baking, cooking in the kitchen, baking in the kitchen together. Even when they did their joint Vogue photo shoot, it had a photo shoot spread of them baking cookies in the kitchen. So that phrase was kind of always like Taylor and Carly's thing online. But Carly at one point posted on a photo of Brie Larson cooking a comment that said your kitchen or mine which made a lot of people on the internet I mean a specific group of people on the internet go oh my god is she coming on to Brie Larson is this like Carly's you up line or something like that Brie Larson also did a cover I mentioned how she did music before she did a cover of the song the one I'm doing good I'm on some new shit been saying yes instead of no I thought I saw you at the bus stop, I didn't though. I hit the ground running each night. I hit the Sunday matinee. You know the greatest films of all time were never made. 
Taylor never shouted it out or recognized it. She also quote tweeted Taylor's tweet about Pride Month, but she did this a month after she posted it. So you could tell she was like scrolling through the timeline. It wasn't something topical. She also made a post alluding, uh, alluding to folklore. She's also made many other references, which we will talk about in the timeline. And Taylor has acknowledged none of this. It's just pretty rare. Like she's even acknowledging like things that Spencer Pratt does. And like Spencer Pratt is lower down on the celebrity totem pole than Brie Larson is. But anyway, let's get into the timeline because when you look into it, there's actually a lot of instances between Taylor Swift and Brie Larson that you might not have thought about. So all credit for this, by the way, goes to Brie Son of Lars dot blog. So this is like a blog that basically just literally has everything that I took from here. So go check it out. They have a Brailler master post, and that is where I got this from. So the official timeline starts with the Met Gala 2016. This was in the middle of Taylor Swift's Bleachella when she dyed her hair, that hideous shade of blonde. She's beautiful. It just didn't work for her. I like her better in like a warm, a warm honey blonde or something. Anyway, so this was Met Gala 2016. This was a shit show, right? Like she was Bleachella. It was in her Calvin Harris era. But this is also when she met Tom Hiddleston. This is where we get the getaway car references. Think about the night where you first met me. Allegedly, she also met Joe Alwyn at this Met Gala. And she was wearing like the silver sparkly dress. What you might not have known, because I feel like Brie Larson just isn't in the news as much as she is. Brie was wearing a very, very similar dress. They were both wearing silver sparkly I don't know how else you would describe it, but you probably know the dress I'm talking about with Taylor. Brie wore one that was just a little bit longer, but almost identical. And there's a picture that surfaced online later. It's this really random photo. I'll be posting it on Instagram this week. Um, just reference photo references to like everything we talked about. But it's in an elevator. It's like very blue dim lighting. You see Tom Hiddleston, you see Brie Larson, and you see Taylor Swift. And they're all talking. So they're at least talking and hanging out at the Met Gala in 2016. So then we have a couple months after this. I don't know if I always agree with, you know, these master posts. Like, are people wearing the same clothes? Because sometimes, I don't know, you just wear similar clothing. However, there's a lot of different moments where they are wearing the same clothing piece. One of these is a red um, kind of like what's it called gingham it looks like a picnic blanket that type of like red jacket it's like a blazer taylor wears it on one occasion and then brie larson is wearing the same jacket to disneyland and in meeting at netflix hair, uh, headquarters but it's interesting some people were speculating is this the same jacket because it looks a lot shorter on taylor swift than brie larson and we all know that taylor swift is way taller than brie larson another reference of brie larson you know being into taylor swift basically her friend, she has a friend named Faye Megan or Love, and she's a tarot card reader. She's got an Instagram username. During a get-together that Brie Larson was at, Faye posted a picture on her Instagram story of them watching the Me music video, and it's the part of the Me music video where the snake is like pastel going through a bunch of pastel rainbow colors, and then it explodes into butterflies, and Faye puts this on her Instagram story with the quote, the symbolism. Now, some might say this is the symbolism of the reputation era leading into Lover. Other people looked at the Me music video and went, this is gay as the day is long. That's what the symbolism is. There's a million and a half rainbow colors. So who knows? Um, they wore the exact same rainbow shirt, too. It's just like a plain white T-shirt with rainbow stripes kind of across the shoulder. And once again, this isn't like a similar shirt. Either they're wearing each other's shirt or they both bought the same exact shirt, which could probably just be a coincidence uh time person of the year not this year when taylor was time person of the year but a few years ago in 2017 taylor was featured on the cover when they were talking about the silence breakers uh which is a little bit ironic now because she's hanging out with Brittany mahomes but whatever 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 brie larson took a screenshot of the cover of that time magazine and she actually gave it a grid post on Instagram. So, you know, we know Brie Larson. She's a feminist through and through. She's voicing her support for the strong women on the cover. But let's just say Taylor Swift is on there for sure. Uh, next thing that happens, Cats. We all know that Taylor Swift <laughs> was in the 2019 film Cats. Maybe we don't all know that, though, because I feel like we kind of collectively graciously forgot about it. But um, I actually haven't seen it. Have you? I know Kelly Williams from Beyond the Blinds told me that 
she took like a 50 milligram edible one night and watched it and like was terrified. Um, anyway, Taylor was in Cats in 2019. During a taping of Jimmy Kimmel on December 18th, 2019, Brie Larson took over Jimmy's job for that show. And in her opening monologue and throughout the show, she made a few different remarks about the movie Cats and Taylor Swift. Like she kept bringing it up. So that's also leads into another theory where some people are saying, is Brie Larson like flirting with Taylor Swift and trying to get her attention? Or is she just trolling her and like rubbing her friendship with Carly Kloss and Taylor's face and kind of being a little bit of an internet troll? And that's why Taylor isn't recognizing her. Because one could say her referencing Taylor Swift and Cats was a nice shout out. Someone else could also say, that's an act of terrorism because Cats was like the worst movie of all time. So who knows? Uh, in 2017, right, her trial when she was groped by that DJ, Taylor Swift, that was going on in the news. Um, Brie Larson, she had liked a few different tweets that were in support of Taylor Swift. So that was back then. Then the Miss Americana documentary comes out. And Brie Larson takes a picture of the screen while she's watching the documentary. And she puts it on her Instagram story. And she says, yes, at Taylor Swift. Now, what part of the documentary does she take a picture of? It's the part, <laughs> it's actually kind of rude. Once again, it falls into the, is it love or is it rude? Because it's a picture of Taylor Swift crying. Like she looks good, but it's a picture of her when she's teary eyed in that part of the documentary where she's saying like, this is something that I have to do. I have to be speaking out. Well, not anymore, but whatever. Anyway, back in, I'm being such a bitch, but this was back in that part of the documentary. And you probably know, cause we've talked about it on previous episodes. Um, a lot of people think that documentary, Miss Americana, was supposed to be a coming out documentary. It just makes sense. It would have made sense with the lover era. It would have made sense with all of the motifs and the imagery and her having like a gay pride song on there. And then it would have been this documentary basically saying like, I was scared to do this, but I finally did it. Now, it seems like that part, allegedly, if this was true, got cut from the documentary, and that's why the documentary is so confusing to people, because here, Taylor Swift is crying about how she wants to come out as a Democrat in the year 2019, and it's like, why? It's not so serious. Like, why is this such a big deal, you know? And she's, like, acting like it's such, like, this dangerous thing for her to do, and it's so brave of her to do it, and I think a lot of people watched that documentary, and we were like, to be a Democrat in 2019? Like, what's going on, girl? I like the theory that it was supposed to be a documentary about her saying that she's, I don't know, bi, sexually fluid, she loves all types of people. This also lines up with the Christian Siriano dress that she was supposed to wear with Lover. Basically, there's a lot of, if you know, you know. If you don't, maybe we'll do a mini episode about it. But it's interesting that Brie Larson takes a picture of this part of the documentary because that could have been a conversation about her wanting to come out that was kind of snipped and clipped. Now, there's also Taylor Swift lyrics that Brie Larson is posting. Um, she wore a gold dress and captioned it, Champagne Problems. Carly Kloss liked the post. This was back in February. There was another post of her. She captioned it, My hashtag anti-hero trait, refusing conventional workouts at Taylor Swift. And this was last year in November. Like, she's tagging Taylor Swift and shouting her out all the time and not getting anything back. And this was um, just in January of last year. She's taking a picture on Instagram of her holding her like little baby niece or something. And she's wearing a shirt that says karma definition. Like karma is my boyfriend. Car karma is a god, blah, blah, blah. So she's basically flinging herself at Taylor Swift as a fan, right? Like definitely as a fan. But the thing is, she's not a fan like you or I would be a fan because she's also friends with Carly Kloss. She's also talked to her before. There was also another award show that I believe we have video of them talking at. It's like far away, but you can zoom in. And it seems like Taylor Swift isn't super into the conversation, but who knows? All I'm saying is I think Brie has made it uh, obvious that she would like to be friends or that she really admires Taylor Swift. And Taylor isn't biting the apple. And I wonder why. I would think maybe it's because she's really good friends with Carly Kloss, but let me know what you think. It's just fun. And it's just like a fun gag on the internet now where anytime like, Taylor Swift posts something. People joke about how like Brie Larson's probably like going cuckoo for it. 
Today's episode of Fluently Forward is brought to you by Factor. If you are looking for a way to chill out during the stressful holiday season, but still have nutritious and very delicious meals to fuel you on your jam-packed days, check out Factor. They are America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service. You can use them for breakfast, lunch, dinner. They've got chef-prepared and dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals. These are going to be delivered straight to your door. So you don't have to worry about meal prepping. You can check that off your list. And every single meal is ready in just two minutes if you're like me and when you're hungry you're hungry right away and you want something this is a fantastic option um, they don't have it just for dinner too you can have it for breakfast items lunch to go grab and go snacks I tried this out from them they had some cold pressed juices shakes and smoothies I really had a blast with that so you can head to factormeals.com slash fluently 50 and you use the code fluently 50 to get 50% off. That is code fluently50 at factormeals.com slash fluently50 to get 50% off. Now we're going to get into some of the blind items, but the first round of blind items that I want to do are ones that relate to this Brie Larson Taylor Swift theory. So here's the first one. I'm sure lots and lots of people have this A plus list singer Taylor Swift as the home and lock screen on their phone. This A-list actress, superhero, Oscar winner nominee, Brie Larson, has won two of the two of them together. For the longest time, it rotated between a pet and an outdoor shot and something from Europe. Then, within the past week, it is them. Just interesting coincidence. So it looks like Brie Larson has her phone lock screen, had a picture of a pet, outdoor shot, something from Europe, and then her and Taylor Swift. It's just interesting. Like, I mean, who knows if it's real, right? Like, all of these blind items are alleged. Um, but she's either, like, the biggest fan in the world or, like, they're friends or something happened. Anyway, next blind item. The very tall, illiterate model, Carly Kloss, is out of the country and was uh, ticked off that she posted a video that barely got five figures of views. Hey, maybe if she became friends with the singer again, Taylor Swift, and stopped having a fling with the A-list actress, Brie Larson, people would like her more. So this gets into some of the blind items that allege that Carly Kloss and Brie Larson have had flings. We have another blind item about this that says, uh, the B-list actress, who used to be A-minus when her hit cable show was still airing, Ashley Benson, apparently is apologizing to those around her for confirming that the tall, illiterate model, Carly Kloss, is hooking up with the Oscar-winning, nominated A-minus-list actress. So that's Ashley Benson apologizing for allegedly spilling the beans on Carly Kloss and Brie Larson hooking up. So who knows? I mean, I would love for all of this to be true. I don't know. If it is, obviously Carly Gloss is married, but we also know that everybody in Hollywood is, in my mind, pansexual, polyamorous, and dabbles in drugs. So let's get into the rest of Brie Larson's blind items here. This superhero actress, who is an Oscar winner nominee, recently had a breast enlargement and is always offering to share what they look like with her friends. I feel like I read so many blind items about this, and I just feel like that's such, that's a little bit of like, male fan fiction I mean I'm not gonna lie like I've seen all my friends naked they've all seen me naked I remember me and a friend once like wanted to like see what each other's vaginas look like so we just like took off our pants and like stared at the others just because you never know until you know you know well I get I, okay that's the thing I was gonna say this sounds like male fanfic the idea of like oh my god I'm a celeb and I got my tits done and now I'm just showing them off to everyone um right in do you do that with your girlfriends I do it with my girlfriends so maybe this is true I'll, I'll give it a maybe. The next one says, speaking of A-list actresses who are Oscar winners and nominees, this closeted actress is sleeping with a publicist assigned to her by a studio. It's giving seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. A lot of these blind items allege that Brie Larson is gay. Like I said, you know what I believe? Everyone's pan pansexual on drugs, so that's what I think. But I do love the specificality, how specific this one is like a publicist assigned to her by a studio kind of sexy kind of sexy but also illegal sexy but illegal all right this a a minus list mostly movie actress who is an oscar winner nominee and the part of a very large universe brie larson had a very much out in the open date with her longtime girlfriend this weekend maybe the whole fake boyfriend thing can go by the wayside now and i will say i know trust me I know that people think it's harmful to speculate on sexuality. My opinion is 
I think if you're doing it on a huge platform, that's bad. And I think that if you're doing it in a stereotypical way, that's bad too. And I feel like you never want, you want to do it from a place of love, never from a place of like, I gotcha. Like, I don't know. That's just how I feel about it. Cause I love finding out that celebrities are queer, but it's also interesting that when a lot of celebrities do come out, Lil Nas X, Miley Cyrus, um, recently Billie Eilish, they're always just like, yeah, you guys didn't know. Like, I thought that I made it obvious. You know, Lil Nas X saying, um, deadass thought I made it obvious with references to rainbows in his music video. Or Miley Cyrus being like, if you didn't know from this picture that I was bisexual, like, I don't know what to tell you. So it's funny because a lot of people online are like, don't speculate about someone's sexuality. But, and let me know what you think, because I, I could be wrong about this. I'm wrong about so many things. I mostly hear that from straight people. And like with gay people, I mostly see them being like, oh, yeah, we totally speculate like that person. Like I totally clock them like, yeah, I'm picking up on it, blah, blah, blah. So let me know what you think about all that. Okay, what else do we have here? This Oscar winning actress was supposed to go on a trip with the person she calls her significant other. This was when she was dating Elijah Allen Blitz. Instead, she took her assistant slash lover, who is the one who shares her bed every night anyway. Oh, so I wonder if the uh, publicist that was assigned to her turned into her assistant slash lover. Talk about an HBO show that I would watch. Okay. Speaking of confusing, the closeted actor who dated the superhero actress for a bit is now dating another actress. Um, let's see. Yeah, that was just saying that Elijah Allen Blitz and Brie Larson was like a bearding situation, allegedly. This is a blind item that I already read over on Patreon because we did a Hannah Montana blind items episode over there. But this was like a long blind item basically saying that Brie Larson and Cody Lindley, who plays Jake Ryan over in Hannah Montana, they used to be friends back in the day because I think that they were in like a, a movie or a TV show named Hoot. And this was basically just saying that he still tries to keep in touch with her, but she never really like reaches out or like responds back to him when he reaches out. So I guess she's his Taylor Swift, basically. This was a fun one. It says, this Academy Award winner, Brie Larson, hates this B-plus list, mostly movie actress who only works in a long-running movie franchise. So saying that Brie Larson allegedly hates Michelle Rodriguez. Hmm. Now, Brie Larson is also, isn't she in the new Fast and Furious series? Yeah, so she's in Fast X. Honestly, the amount of work that Brie Larson has done, I kind of really want to know her net worth. She's like secretly been in a lot of movies that I've forgotten about. Anyway, so that's just saying that allegedly they don't, they don't like each other. Lesbian drama. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. This former A-list, uh, blah, blah, blah. A minus list, mostly TV actress, recently got out of a relationship. So that's Ashley Benson. This weekend, she hooked up with and spent the night at the home of allegedly Brie Larson. Apparently, the quote unquote boyfriend of the A lister was also there. So that's just another blind doubling down on bearding between Brie and Elijah and then saying that she hooked up with Ashley, which I will say, at least like from my experience when I have dated women, it's messy. Like, at, like it's. It's so incestuous. You know how like everyone in Gossip Girl ended up dating each other by the time the series ended? I feel like that's how it is with like girls too. All right. So let's see what the next one is. Uh, this A minus B plus list actress model is openly gay, Cara Delevingne. She and her girlfriend split in the last few months because the actress continues to hook up with the closeted A-list actress who has also been a co-star. So alleging that Cara and Ashley broke up because Ashley kept on hooking up with Brie Larson. Now, I don't know if that one's true because after everything that I've read basically said that Cara Delevingne was consistently cheating on Ashley Benson. I don't know. It's Hollywood. It's messy. All right, we got two last ones. We have this closeted A-list mostly movie actress is excited because she is in charge of a new project and wants to have a casting couch for actresses who want roles. And that's talking about how she's starring in Lessons in Chemistry. I just you're not going to get me to believe in that one. I really just don't. I just don't get those vibes from Brie Larson. 
I, I, I really, I can't, I wonder who wrote that one and I really just don't believe it. Okay, the next one here. This AA minus list mostly movie actress who is an Oscar winner and nominee was celebrating this week that her entry into the superhero universe will no longer be the biggest bomb in that universe. And that is referencing the movie Eternals, which I watched on a plane and I think it's the perfect movie to watch on a plane, which I guess is like kind of shady of me to say, but that's just how I felt. And that one I could see being true. Yeah, she's probably really excited that she's not the biggest um, Marvel flop at the moment. So there we go. A little bit about Brie Larson. I have to say, like, I, I just thought she's there. You know, I thought she's there. And sometimes she's in movies and people don't like her as Marvel. The more and more I look into her, I love the experimentation and just having fun on YouTube without trying to monetize. That's such a brush breath of fresh air from a celebrity. I love all of her quotes, especially about turning 30 and, you know, her and Emma Watson have really good quotes about, um, I don't know. It was helpful to me when I was 29 and nervous about turning 30, which by the way, if anyone is, don't be, it's like, it's really a big nothing burger and it just feels great to be in your thirties. Anyway, Brie Larson and Emma Watson, they just have really good quotes about that that are very relatable. I feel like she picks good pieces of work to be in. She's never overexposed. I never feel like she's being annoying or I'm hearing too much of her or she's doing some like cringy Megan Fox, MGK situation or doing the type of feminism that like M. Rada is doing. And the fact that she's like out here either trolling or lusting over Taylor Swift, I think is hilarious. So I personally am a fan of Brie Larson. She is a pardoned turkey, fluently forward style. And I think this might be a uh, series that we might start because shockingly enough, I think I might be pardoning Haley Bieber. And I know that you probably weren't expecting that from me, but I don't know. I've just been listening to some interviews of hers and I'm like, hmm, she seems like very self-aware and not, I feel like a lot of celebrities are always like, the internet like hates me and like people want this and they get really hung up on that. And Haley Bieber is just like, people don't like me, but like, I'm not going to ask you to like me. I'm just going to ask that you don't directly DM me hate, which that's, that's, that's how I feel too. But I just, I don't know, her and the caller, her daddy interview, I thought was very self-aware and like measured and reasonable. So she might be a part in Turkey, although I have talked to more than a few people in person who waited on her and said that she didn't tip. What is up with celebrities not tipping? That's like the most insane thing. So maybe she's not a part in Turkey. Anyway, thank you for joining me for this episode about Brie Larson. Um, if you want to hang around over on patreon.com, we've got tons of episodes there. And if not, I will see you next week for another episode of Fluently Forward. Bye, guys.